Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Can I just tell you the gathering is a place where I can easily and honestly say, we need you. We got a mission. And this mission takes all of us. David Loveless said it well. This is the mission, quoting him last week. We've all been invited to participate in Christ's orchestrated mission to the world. That mission is is to rescue and restore everything that is lost, stolen, and broken. In order for us to do that, it takes every one of us. So for me, the body of Christ, the church, is that body, is that group that is about that mission. So I got a, a friend coming out to help me, Slim. Yeah, Slim is going to help me with this. Um, Slim is a great example that Paul uses to tell us about the gathering. Now, before we get there, let me just tell you what you're going to see in these verses are just three simple ideas. And here they are. We're family. We all got in this family the same way. You didn't get in the family because God says, man, I sure need him. Or I, I need her because if without her, I don't know if the kingdom is going to make it. None of us got in that way. We all came by grace, by the blood of Jesus, his son. And we're united in Jesus. We're not united in our cultures. We're not united in, our, in our, all the things we, the world tells us we need to unite in. No, there's only one that unites us, and it's the strongest bond on earth. It's the strongest bond in all of creation. It's the name of Jesus. So I want you to read with me how Paul says it. Okay, so if if you've got a Bible, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now this text, we're going to start in verse 1 and we're going to go down through verse 13. This lays out what Paul wants us to know about the gathering about the body. Now, before I read it, I want to I make one distinction. You've heard people say, well, I'm a part of the invisible church. Sometimes that term is used. Some will say, I'm, I'm a part of the church uh, at large or the, 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 the church that's universal. Is there such a thing? Yes, there is. Because the truth of it is, you could be somewhere today in the world. We've got a team right now. I got a picture this morning. Jay, who leads our Brazilian ministry, was preaching in Mozambique. The believers in Mozambique are a, same, are a part of the same church as Jay is and church we are. There is a universal body of Christ that one day he will gather from the four corners of the earth. But there's also local manifestations of that. Local manifestations, local gatherings, even in the New Testament, you see evidence of it. Did you realize that every one of Paul's letters are written to those local gatherings? 
I had somebody one time say, well, I don't believe in the local church. I just believe you ought to be a part of the universal and the big church, and I'm a part of that, and it's all good. I said, well, so what do you do with Philippians? What do you do with 1 Corinthians? <laughs> what, do you, what do you do with Romans when he writes to the church at Rome? Every one of those letters, this letter is written to a gathering in Corinth. So it's not an either or, it's a both and. But it really doesn't make any sense if you say I'm a part of the, the big church because I'm a follower of Christ, but I, I don't really have any local affiliation. Well, let me show you how much sense that makes according to Paul. We're going to learn next week especially that every one of us are a part of the body. I mean, some are arms, some are hands, some are eyes, some are leg bones, I mean, feet, whatever. How much good... Is this hand laying on the street? Oh, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. Well, that's great. So that means you have a spiritual gift. Uh, and it means that you have certain talents that God wants you to use uh, in the body of Christ. How much good can you do if you're a hand laying on the side of the road? You're not a part of a body. You're not doing what God wants you to do. And I know we are in a current today where there is a distrust and a real sense of, well, I don't really want to be a part of a local church. Well, I mean, that sounds great, but let me challenge you in your rebellion and say, but that means that there's a body missing a hand. There's a church somewhere missing what you bring to it. So I'm part of the universal church. Well, how are you going to connect there? You have to believe that every one of us belongs somewhere locally. And God ordains that. Now, some of you have already said, this is where I belong. And God bless you. We love you. Some of you are here and you're saying, you know, I'm not sure yet, but I'm looking. God bless you. Thank you. You're on the stream. And maybe God's speaking to you. So I'm just telling you. What you're about to read was written to a local group who were doing the mission together. And he said, this is what I need you to know about that mission. Okay, so I'm going to read verse 1, chapter 12. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray by, to mute idols, however you were led, Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one says Jesus is Lord except through the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, and, or the, another various kinds of, in, of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So basically what he's saying is, I don't get to be 
a hand by God's design and then say, no, I think I'd like to be a foot. Well, the problem is that God designed you to be a hand. And you're never going to be fully satisfied or fulfilled until you learn what a hand is all about. And then you become that hand. Now watch what he says in verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And all were made to drink one spirit. For the body doesn't consist of one member, but many. So may the Lord add his blessing and may the Lord gather his body and accomplish the mission that God has given us. So the first thing, we're part of a family. Every one of us were intended to connect, literally. And I think if anything, COVID taught us that while we can stay digitally connected, how many of you just fell in love with Zoom and forever want to be Zooming everything? No, I mean, Zoom was great, but I got weary of Zoom because I'm looking at a screen and I'm, I'm looking at somebody and I, I don't know if they got shorts on or if they're in their pajamas, but all I can see is just, you know, I'm like, I, I want to see you. And I just feel like COVID reminded us that, yes, technology has really helped us and can keep us connected, but there's nothing like looking somebody in the eye and shaking their hand and saying, welcome, glad to see you, or whatever, bon dia, you know, buenos dias. I just think there is something about being a family and knowing you're a part of the family that means something. When I was going through brain surgery, I told you this one time. I remember a moment where, of course, I'm locked in a halo and I can't move. I can, I can only just stare straight ahead. I'm awake, but I, I can't I can be looking around like, what are y'all doing back there? And somehow in the middle of that surgery, that four-hour surgery, I felt so alone. I know there was a saw working right here. And I know that he had my skull off and they were working on my brain. But here's what I did. To my right, there was a speech therapist. And she or he, I don't know if it's a he or she, they were listening to me talk to make sure that he was not affecting my speech. And I remember one moment, I just finally reached a point. I just said, can I hold your hand? And I have a picture when I still know if it's a man or a woman, they reached out and they're holding my hand. And when they held my hand, it's like I got calm. I just think we're family. And we need each other in that way. There's something about it. It's like Rocky getting that note, man, we need you. And I want to tell you, we need you to be a part and play the part that God created you to play and sometimes when we go through the crisis of life we we need each other so we are family and the second thing we all got here the same way you know how we got here by the spirit of God 
When you start reading what we read together in chapter 12, verse 1, he, he talks about these that were pagan and they were being led by these idols. He said, now I want you to know that nobody can say Jesus is accursed when you have the Spirit of God. In fact, you can't even say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So what's he, what is he saying? The day you said Jesus is Lord, it was because the Spirit drew you. There's one way I got in this family, and it is the Spirit of the living God. Jesus drew me to this family. That's how you got in. So we ought to quit looking at one another going, well, I bet they got in because they give a lot. It doesn't matter what you give in terms of getting into the family. You got into the family before you knew 40777. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God draws us. And not only that, we were baptized. I want to show you this verse. This is in verse uh, 11 and, and 12. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Now, is that your water baptism when you went under? No. That may be a picture of it. But this word literally means to get thrown in over your head. It means to immerse, to go under. And what that verse is telling me is that the Spirit literally put me in the body of Christ and immersed me. All of me. I'm not partially in the body of Christ. I'm over my head in the body of Christ. And not only that, I drank of the Spirit. So imagine it this way. The church is a bunch of people who are covered and surrounded by the Spirit of God, totally over our head, but at the same time, we are infused and filled by the same Spirit of God in us. So you can see the picture that Paul is wanting to draw. We got here by him. And by the way, since the only way you can get in the body is by the Spirit, the only way you can get out is by the Spirit, and he, he's not going to let you go. He promised he would not lose one of us. You say, but what if I get real rebellious and what if I go crazy? Well, what if you go crazy in your physical family? Do you lose the last name? No. Kind of wish we had that arrangement sometime, but unfortunately, you know, you're stuck with your family. You are in the body of Christ and you are forever in the body of Christ. Now God will take care of you and he'll discipline his children and he'll bring us back to a place we need to be. But don't worry about falling out. What I would do is celebrate being in and learn how can I live in this body by the spirit that brought me in. Now the last thing is we are one. We are united in Jesus. So many want to make the church about, oh, well, that's all, that's where all the Republicans go. No, it didn't. Oh, that's where all the people who grew up in wherever, that's where they go. No, it didn't. You know what I love about our church? What I miss so much about this place when I go and preach at other churches? When I go and pre preach other places, they all look like me. I'm like, man, y'all are boring. Y'all, this is just boring. I walk in here, it looks like heaven to me. It is like heaven. There's different color. There's different language. There's different backgrounds. There's different experience. And we all are brought into one. How? The name is Jesus. 
We've done this before, but let me do it again because sometimes we just need to reinforce it like my coach used to say. How many times am I going to have to show you what to do? On the count of three, shout the name of the hometown where you grew up. One, two, three. I couldn't, couldn't hear a thing you said. On the count of three, name the church that you call kind of grew up in. One, two, three. I did hear one first Baptist over here. Now, on the count of three, Shout the name of the one who died for your sin. One, two, three. Jesus. Woo, I heard that. That is intelligible. And that's what the world needs. They need a church that is united in one name, the name of Jesus. Let me show you how much he emphasizes this. Six times, this is what you see. Same spirit. Say them with me. Same spirit, same Lord, same God, same purpose, same body, same baptism. You say, well, yeah, there are a lot of differences. Yeah, there are, but look, what we have in common is far stronger and far greater than anything that would separate us. So we're a family, and we got to be a family by the grace of God, and we are united in his name. So what could go wrong with that? Why aren't we unstoppable? Well, there's a couple of things I want to close by talking about. Number one, there is the danger of personal agendas. Personal agendas. Can I take you back to the body just for a minute? Do you know what doctors and what medicine calls a group of cells in your body that have their own agenda? What do they call it? Say it. Say it again. Cancer. We've lost some of the greatest people I've ever known because of cancer in the physical body. I've seen ministries burnt to the ground by cancer in the spiritual sense. I've seen churches destroyed. Why? Because of personal agendas. And what he's trying to say to us is, we only have one agenda, and that's his, because the head is Christ. And everything about this body follows the head, except for one group of cells, and they think they got it all figured out, and they're nothing but cancer. That'll stop the church. But by God's grace, he overcomes. And I just pray that we understand that. You know, there was a, there was, it was kind of an experiment, actually, back in 1776. It's fascinating. In that day, making pens, writing pens, was really an, an art and a, and a business. So Adam Smith, in a book called Wealth of Nations, took 10 people, and he had them make pens, and he had every person do their own. They didn't work together. You make a pen start to finish and then start making another and do it start to finish. And so 10 people would just work on their own. You know how many pens they made in a day? They made 200 pens. You think, wow, that's impressive. Hang on. Or as you TikTok viewers, wait for it. Wait for it. He decided, let's take those 10 people and, hey, the first guy, you just do the first part. The second guy, you do the second part. And y'all work together and build a pen. So 10 people start doing that. You want to know how many they built in a day? 
48,000. 48,000. Now, guys, this, this was a book written in 1776. How come we can't figure this out? It's just we get so much more done on the mission when we are working together. And I know my little part, and then you know your little part. So, hey, what if we just, I'll just do my part, and you do your part instead of me trying to do everybody's part. Quit, quit trying to do everybody's part. You got one thing, your hand. Be a hand and be the best hand you can be for the body of Christ. So I think personal agendas are killing us and one more, misunderstandings. And I would categorize misunderstandings this way. There are some who feel superior. Well, my job is more important. No, it isn't. And those that say, oh, well, this, my job isn't that important. I don't, I don't really need. No, your job is important. We know this story around here, July 20th, 1969, we put a man on the moon. In Neil Armstrong's speech, as he thanked everyone, here's a great statement he made. He said, so many people come to me and they thank me and they congratulate me. What they don't know, for me to take one step on that, mean, uh, on that moon took 218,000 people to make that one step happen for me. Thank them. And I got to tell you, every weekend, this church happens not because of one, not because of two, but because of a whole bunch of people who just show up and say, hey, we're doing our part. We're part of the body. I want you to meet one of them today. Her name is Sandra. Sandra, is Sandra here? Yeah, there she is. Hey, give her a hand as she comes up. Sandra has been serving this morning up in, in kids. And by the way, anybody else have a t-shirt serving in kids today? Let me see. Where's your, raise your hand. Show us wherever you are. They're all working right now. They're serving. So uh, what group you, do you work with in kids? I work with kindergarten. Oh, could we pray for her right now? Just. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad you do because there's some of us, you don't want us working with the kindergarten. But that's cool. That's the way it is. He gifted you to do that. So tell me, there's something else you do uh, during the week that no, I bet nobody in this room knows except the few of you that do it. Tell us about it. Um, I volunteer on Wednesday mornings with a small group of about eight others, and we come in and we prepare things for the following week, um, for the following Sunday, whether it be Connect or getting things ready for the Lord's Supper um, last Wednesday, we were putting candles and candle holders to get ready for Christmas Eve. So we just do a lot of the behind-the-scenes things that you don't think about. Yeah, I wondered how those candles got in those things. <laughs> yeah. I wondered who got the Lord's Supper stuff ready. So you're doing things that basically nobody really sees. They just show up and it's done. Yes. And there's eight of you. Well, about, yes. About. Yes. Give or so take. let me ask you. In that role, just serving and doing things like that, what, what has it meant to you? Um, well, it's meant, um, like you mentioned before, kind of a connection because we, we get together and we have fellowship, obviously. Um, but it's also meant me fulfilling a calling that I feel that I have and um, brings me a joy because I'm, I'm, I'm a small part of something much bigger than I yeah. am. And it, and it gives me a, a special joy and happiness. Amen. So. I would only change one thing about what you said. You're a big part of a big thing. And I want to say thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Bless you. 
Hey, if you want to know about that, I mean, you're around so we can have a conversation. Yeah, we can always use more. That's right. Thank you, Sandra. God bless you. So let me wrap it up. I, I just, I got a sense this morning, there's a lot of this. There are people who are, they're followers of Christ. They're not connected to a body. That's not how God wants it. So last weekend, Rachel and I were in uh, Tennessee doing a wedding and, uh, for a family in this church. And it, it was really, really, a, a, and we got to see Rachel's sister and who had uh, brain surgery as well a year ago, a couple of years ago, actually. So flying back, we came through Atlanta, as everybody does. In fact, I saw 40777, if you want to get to Atlanta, text 40777. I think that's where Jesus is coming from when he comes back. So we're in Atlanta at the airport, and we're waiting to board the, the last flight that brings us on to Orlando. All of a sudden, these guys on these bikes come riding up their EMTs, I could tell from their medical equipment. And they go running down to get on the plane. And I'm thinking, there's nobody on the plane because they got off a while ago. So anyway, I got up. I was just kind of walking around. And, and then I walked by and I looked down where you board the plane. And I could see them. One of the guys was pushing the stretcher. And the other was up on top of somebody. And he was doing chest compressions as fast as he could. I'm like, oh, my goodness, Lord. And I started praying, and, and, and they come out and literally come right out by me into the concourse. I think we were on the D concourse, and, and they're going right down the middle of that concourse. You know Atlanta Airport. I mean, it's so crowded. And they're doing the chest compressions. And when they came by, it was a kid. A teenager. I mean, he, he didn't look like he was, he was, he couldn't have been 18, 19. He was young. I looked over at the gate and the flight attendants from that flight were in, they were a basket case. They were weeping. And I was just so touched. I, one of them especially, I didn't even think she was going to be able to stand up. She was just so overcome with emotion. I walked over to her. And I put my arm around her and I said, hey, is it okay if I pray for you? I'm a pastor in Orlando and I, I, just, I just have to pray for you. Is that okay? And she said, please. And all she kept saying was, he was so young. He was so young. I prayed for her. Did you know they announced that that flight, that crew couldn't go on? We would have to wait for a whole nother group of flight attendants and everything because that group, they couldn't finish that flight because of what happened. And the thought that went through my head was, gosh, they need somebody. Need somebody to walk alongside them, somebody to put their arm around them. I just happened to take and have the nerve to walk over and to get in the middle of it. I think there's somebody in this room today that's going through an incredible crisis in your life. And you're sitting in a room filled with people, but nobody knows. You feel alone. And I, I don't want you to feel that you don't belong. I want you to feel like there's somebody that can walk with you, can put their arm around you, or can hold your hand. 
and pray for you. I feel there's a place for you here. If God in his spirit would move, if God would allow that, I want you to be a part. And I just want to pray for you right now. So I'm going to ask that we bow our heads. And, and, and I want to ask you, if you'd be real honest with me, if you'd say, Pastor, today, I need that in my life. I need a place that I can feel I belong, a place that I can run to when my life is a mess. I just, I need that in my life and I, and I don't have that right now. Can you just lift your hand if you'll be honest with me? I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. just want to pray. Thank you. Somebody else, thank you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you in the balcony. Anyone? Thank you. The Lord knows what you're going through. The Lord sees it. And who knows but what he brought you here and he put you in the middle of this so that you would see, hey, you do have somebody that loves you and cares for you. You have a place here to belong. Father, I want to pray for those that lifted their hands. I, I don't know what's going on in their life and not sure what this season is like. But I know that they need the body of Christ. And so, Lord, I'm just asking you to order their steps. Lead them to the right place, the right people. And God, we would pray that would be here. But if you have other plans, Lord, your will be done. And thank you, Lord, for this family. And thank you for what it's meant to us. In Jesus' name. Now, for some of you, you're not even in the family yet. And by that, I don't mean it's not you haven't joined. I mean, you've never come to realize that you were created by somebody who loved you and, and, and sin messed up everything, but he is there for you, and he sent his son Jesus to die for your sin, and he is reaching out saying, please follow me, and I'll make sense out of life. I'll bring peace to you. So if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, would you pray with me? Would you just ask him right now, Jesus, I need you. Tell him, Jesus, I need you. And I believe that you came and died for me, and I want you in my life. And Jesus, I'll follow you the rest of my days. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everyone, look this way a moment. I, I just believe that in either case, whether you are a follower of Christ, but you're just kind of disconnected somewhere, it's time to belong. It's time to connect. Or you've never trusted him and you want to be a part of something. Here's what I'd like for you to consider. On either side, as you leave, there'll be people there have conversation with. We have a, a ministry called Connect. It's the Connect experience. Basically, it, for some of you, to use another term, another era. It's like a membership class. It helps you understand what it means to belong at First Orlando. In fact, next weekend, the class is going to be talking about serving and how we can have purpose where we go to church. Love for you to be a part. The way you do that is sim simply send the word, text the word connect 
four, you know the number, 407-77. Or have a conversation on the way out. And they'll get you signed up and registered. I just want this to be the body of Christ. Where every one of us works like he created us to. No more lying around feeling like we don't matter. Yes, you matter. And if I could use the line from Rocky Blyer, we need you. You have a place here. So let's help you find it. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.